Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mean Mommy Kink Podcast. And this is episode 15, I believe. We're at 15. And you're here with Jackie Griot and... And Miss Lola Sunshine. And we are super excited to talk to you today about our subject. And we're going to get into that. But first, what do we do first? Um, First, I want to let you guys know a fun little secret. We're actually in the same place, which is really exciting. Um, We're recording at the same time in the same house. So you are getting amazing live in-person Mean Mommy Kink content rather than us kind of talking to each other long distance on a podcast. So y'all should feel very lucky. We're very excited. Yeah, it was super cute. We're having a great Halloween weekend. So happy Halloween to everyone. Uh, We love a good spooky, but I would say we're different because I'm more like horror, scary, spooky, and you're more like uh, Disney's Haunted Mansion. Yeah, (laughs) like cute Halloween, Victorian Halloween. I really enjoy like adorable, like pumpkins dancing and like, you know, all that sort of thing. But I'm excited because I've been hosting Aunt Jackie and I've I today have to say I've mommied very hard. I have got a pot roast in the slow cooker and an apple pie in the oven as we speak. So we are going to get this podcast recorded and then eat. And you can be jealous of us because we're going to have pie. Yes. And she's taking me to all the antiquing and every sort of cliche mommy thing you can imagine. (laughs) If there's a little thrift store or a shop, we know all about it. So it's super cute. Yes. Yes. We even went and bought jam today. It was a great, it's been a great week (laughs) for me. Um, and Jackie's been very uh, understanding and following me around on my weird little things. Um, but before we kick off our podcast for the month, we wanted to do, of course, our uh, leather and POC business spotlight. Um, and this month, it's technically not a business. They're more of a charity. Um, it's the Leather Solidarity Collective. Really cool group, all POC leather people. And they do classes and conferences and panels, and they just really try to make sure POC leather voices are heard. Um, And all of their stuff is virtual. They might someday do um, in-person classes, but for the moment, everything's virtual, which is really neat because it can pull in people from all over the world. And it's really cool to just pop on one of their classes or panels and see all the black and brown faces and, you know, hear perspectives from everywhere else. And you just feel... So they recently had their their conference called Uprise, their virtual conference, and it was a full day conference last weekend. And just to pop into the different panels and classes and see everyone on Zoom, I know everyone is kind of Zoomed out, but their Zooms feel really, really different. Um, There was a a cooking, like a, it was like a technically a lunch break, but what it was is like leather people brought like food from their cultures and they got to tell you all about it and hold it up to the camera. And it looked so delicious that you were sitting there like, wow, my little soup and sandwich doesn't look like shit. Um, but it, <laughs> you know, so they just, they just do things that both feed you. Like they teach you leather things. They talk about leather things, but also they just feed you like spiritually and culturally, which is really important and something that I think a lot of classes nowadays are missing. Um, so you can find them on their website, leathersolidarity.com. And they're on Instagram, leather underscore SC. So they're the Leather Solidarity Collective. Whenever they charge for a class, it's usually a pretty low fee and all of the, the um, money is donated, which is really, really neat. 
Um, that's one of the things that I kind of love about them. And one of the reasons I picked them for our um, kind of business slash charity, but their proceeds from all of their merch and a lot of their, um, their classes go to either the Carter Johnson Leather Library, who we've covered before, or an organization called Latinos in Leather, which is also absolutely amazing. It's exactly what it sounds like, <laughs> Leather Latino people. So if you're Latinx and looking for, yeah, exactly. If you're Latinx and looking for your people, they're mostly gay leather men, um, but they, they're just really welcoming and cool. So um, that is our spotlight for the month. Everyone go check out the Leather Solidarity Collective. I think this is such a great idea because I know every person that I meet who's a brown person into this is always like, where are the brown people? Where are the brown people? So there's a virtual space where there's some brown people and they're education focused and they're experienced and a lot of them come with references. So it's not just random people. So uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Mm -hmm. It's really, really nice. So highly recommend. Um, and take a look. They do classes still and panels and if you get on their mailing list. They will let you know when their next events are. Nice. I love this which is a great segue into our topic. And we don't actually have a snappy name yet. I'm working on that. But the point of this episode is to really compare and contrast three sort of ideas that you come up with a lot. And the ideas of what is BDSM, what is leather, what is kinky, what are the ways that these three things are connected and what are the ways that these three things are a little bit different from each other? They have different mm -hmm. flavors and communities and styles of operating. So we really want to break yeah. those down. Yeah, and they're definitely a Venn diagram. All three of these ideas, kind of kink, leather, and BDSM, they definitely overlap in the middle. Um, mm -hmm. And you get people that are into all three. You get people that are two out of three. You get people that are just the one. Um, because believe it or not, there are some folks that really just do leather for community and aren't into, I mean, they, they consider themselves to be part of the kink community, but they, they might not have so many kinks that you would consider like your traditional, like I like to spank people or tie them up or whatever. And then on the other side of the coin, there are tons of people in the world that have plenty of kinks, but they're like your foot guys that would never show up to a dungeon. That's just not a thing they would want, um, but they definitely have a kink. <laughs> you know so it, it really is yep. a spectrum and it's really interesting to see where that overlaps i'm excited to kind of talk about the differences okay so then let's real quick for you if you're talking bdsm kink leather where do you see yourself lola um i'm definitely all three um mm -hmm. although yeah i would say the bdsm side of things to me that community seems like it skews more toward het pan I don't know why that is, but I tend to see more people that are straight describe themselves as in the BDSM community and more people that are queer and gay describe themselves as being in the leather community. Um, so I guess technically I'm all of the things, but I really would identify more with cake and leather. Um, and, you know, BDSM, sure, but like, I'm not going to ever fly that like weird BDSM flag that has like the funky little symbol in the middle you know what I'm okay. talking about like there's there's you know what I mean like there's no like for real like guys there's two different flags for people that are into this there's the traditional leather flag which is the blue white black 
the little red heart in the corner. Mm -hmm. And then the straight people decided they didn't want to be associated with gay leather. And so they made a BDSM flag. And it's a funny looking little black flag that has a weirdo symbol in the middle. I'm sorry I'm being insulting somebody's flag. They probably love very much. (laughs) (laughs) So the weirdo symbol is called a Triskelion. And it's actually a Celtic symbol. God bless you. Yeah, of course it is. It got wider as well. Wonderful. Straighter and wider. Mm, now with more straight white people. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know all the details of it, but the the whole idea is like there's three different spirals in a circle, and so the Triskelion was adapted because, like you said, some folks didn't necessarily want to be leather because leather can have connotations attached to it. There were a lot of like straight cishet men who are into this stuff and they're masters or whatever, but didn't necessarily want a flag that might imply something about their sexuality. So then BDSMers created like, like more of a pansexual community, right? So So it's pegging. It's basically the flag version of pegging. Yes, it is the flag version of pegging. Some people like it. I personally dislike the little thing too, the spirals. I don't dislike the, the Celtic version of it. I dislike the BDSM version of it just to be clear because Triskelion is anything with those little spirals but the BDSM one is the one that everybody recognizes right that's a cool story I'm never gonna have that in my home so I guess (laughs) of the three I would probably least identify with that specific community that calls themselves specifically BDSM community if you're just kind of talking about it as the general acronym as in like here's what we do and how where this acronym came from you know the usual thing that we get describing mm-hmm. letters then sure but if we're talking about that specific whatever you call that Celtic symbol flag that's mm-hmm. not my people they're nice people but they're not my people so here's the thing right all right I don't even disagree with you but I will say that when I first came into the community, it was the BDSM community. So the Triskelion, all of that stuff was like my community, right? Definitely more pansexual. And so at the time I was bisexual, mostly dating men or whatnot. And so that's where I met a lot of the kinksters that I knew in the beginning. So the whole TNG movement, that's pretty much in the BDSM community first. Not that there aren't other ones, other places, but- No, that's fair. A lot of those groups, they start their TNGs and then their TNGs end up becoming, um, you know, a mixture of lots of different people. So you can meet people from leather and kink at those events too, but definitely a lot of the like younger uh, um, events are more BDSM community than, um, or even some of the like older events or, or some of the large events, like the national conventions and things. A lot of those are more BDSM community because it's a wider net. You're going to get more people. I think by the way you're describing it then, as I've gotten older, I've evolved out of the BDSM community and become like a cranky old gay. Yes, correct. Where like the longer I'm on this planet, the less I'm willing to deal with that community's nonsense. And so again, y'all have fun. But when I see that flag, I know it's not going to be gay enough for me. But you know what? One thing I do appreciate about the BDSM community, I think, is um, they're not necessarily pretending to be political. Like, True. They just do some weird shit together. They just have parties. They just do stuff. They make organizations. That's very they're, true. They're living their lives. And I think I get frustrated with leather and kink sometimes because there's a lot of performative politics happening, even for a party, even for a whatever. You know, it's very much well, like, where did you come think, from? Who taught you kind of stuff? You don't get that in right. BDSM as much. I think the BDSM folks are political, but in kind of good ways. Like, 
they are maybe the folks behind like the national coalition for sexual freedom so like they're political in Mm -hmm. ways that are like keep the police out of our shit which is what we want um but they they don't tend to get caught up in as much infighting you're definitely right about that the gay community does love its drama and Mm -hmm. the gay leather community is no different Mm -hmm. so yeah um, so that, yeah. that was the main thing I enjoyed about BDSM is it was pretty much straightforward like you didn't have to explain why you were into it you didn't have to have a whole backstory you just showed up and you're in the community mm-hmm. so that's really that's real nice. true as opposed to leather it definitely felt like you have to know a guy to get to the club and then you got to start knowing the right person to get invited to the right places there's less like intro events it's more like you know 201 See- classes type stuff I think that that is an East Coast leather thing because you came into mm-hmm. leather in the East Coast and mm-hmm. it is very much like you have to mentor under so-and-so and they have to vouch for you here and then you might be able to, you know, entry-level volunteer there and then finally we might accept you and start thinking about maybe giving you a pin, you know what I mean? Like all of that is great and it's very traditional and, you know, like a lot of people really love that ritual and those steps, but, mm-hmm. you know, West Coast leather really is a you show up we like you you're cool you could volunteer with us welcome to the leather community it's like there's definitely still there's some there's some no there's some old school leather stuff that's still happening for sure but there's a lot of newer younger things that are more open for sure I'm, i'm gonna call bullshit on it only because my impression of leather on the west coast and the east coast is that east coast leather is more military sort of focused and west coast leather is more like motorcycle clubs and so there's yes. a, sort of a lawlessness with it where, yeah, you can get jumped in and you're in and <laughs> now you're true. in the club, you know, but That's like true. East Coast is more like, who was your commanding officer <laughs> yeah that, no that's absolutely accurate like west coast definitely has a lawless like we went through this wild night together you're our brother for life now mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like you survived the like, orgy that's like we patch. didn't end up in jail we survived the orgy <laughs> several of us are missing fingers and your brothers will for life with us now like that is definitely a west coast for real like that's real so i totally yeah. get it and then yeah i would say like the middle of the country in the south is like somewhere in the middle they have lots of traditions still but they also have lots of things welcoming new folks and not that the east coast doesn't welcome new folks they just welcome you in a very regimented way <laughs> yeah it's you, you usually have to know someone to get to the group or whatever it's just you know city, cities have different ways of sort of getting people in and out of their own social clubs and i feel like east coast is more like how did you get here who do you know what's going on and west coast mm-hmm. is like did you survive the gauntlet great you're invited like yeah you're involved now and i do think we're talking about leather so like the two types of leather leather that i just i mean of course there's more than one to two types it's more than that but just like that idea of military leather versus bicycle like like motorcycle leather like the traditions involved Mm -hmm. in that you know it's it's different flavors so so when we talk about these communities it's not just one community it's many communities that have themes sort of yeah and you know that's not to say there aren't people on the west coast that love military style they definitely Mm -hmm. are and that's not to say there aren't motorcycle clubs all up and down the east coast and those sorts of things so these things definitely mix but it Mm -hmm. the the flavor of leather i would say pretty much matches the flavor of the community that it's in right so if you've got a community that's like you know the east coast is just a very old-fashioned place in a good way most of the time Mm -hmm. but it's a very old-fashioned place whereas obviously the west coast is like 
what is it they um they used to call it the land of flakes fruits and nuts mm -hmm. so you know that is going to reflect in the leather scenes <laughs> yeah we on the east coast we used to say the west coast is like a stand-in model and I, and it's more about how it looks if it looks kinky more so than like the experience in some ways like so, it definitely is like as someone that lived on the west coast for a really long time i'm gonna say that there is definitely a standard model community 100%. And some of those people do overlap into the leather community as well. And this mm -hmm. is almost, a, this is a kind of a great segue into kink versus leather, right? Because yes. the standard model people, which, you know, jokingly S&M, are the people that are like pretty latex models, the people that are like pro doms and thousands of dollars of leather that just walk around looking cool. And people that are maybe like, rope bunnies that like to perform on the big stages and things like that. So those are kinks. And some of those people just have the kink. They like to do the rope bunny. They like to wear the latex and then that's it. They go home and they go back to their normal lives. And until it's time to put the latex on for another party, they don't think about it. But others of them right. are also leather people. So in San Francisco, we have um, a very famous rope, uh, a rope top. We have multiple of them, of course, but like Shay is one of our more famous rope tops and she both performs and does these huge performances all up and down the West Coast, but also teaches and is a leather person and is in the BDSM community on top of that. So Shay Dizano is a great, um, a great example of someone that's all three all at once because yeah. she hangs out in the BDSM community and goes to parties and events. She performs and definitely models, you know, does beautiful scenes with rope and also is in a leather household. So, you know, it, you can do all three. There, we're not sitting here saying one's better than the other or this, that, and the third. You can absolutely show up to all three or do whichever ones you want to do. Um, absolutely. Really, I'm all three happy. And, I, and I function with them differently. I mean, for me, I think kink just means there's a thing I like and it's my thing so much that I bring it up or do it regularly. So yes. a kink is the something physical I, I'm activity. into. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you can have a kink, like, you know, I like feet. We discussed this. So feet is my kink. So, but me liking feet doesn't have to come up every time I talk about leather or BDSM. It's right. just a kinky part of my sex life or experiences or whatever that is a reoccurring theme, you know? So yes, some kinky exactly. people are just doing their thing a lot. They're not necessarily in mm -hmm. any community. They're just doing that thing. Exactly. Or there are communities of folks just for that kink. Like spankers have a whole community of spanking fetishists that don't go to other types of parties. They have their own parties. They have their own scene. They're their own people. And again, some of them might also go to other parties, like larger BDSM type parties. Some of them might be leather folk, but a lot of them aren't. A lot of them just are into spanking and that's it. And they're super into it and that they have whole societies for it. It's really fascinating. So there are definitely kinks that you can engage in and that's just your one thing that you like to do. There's a lot of people that I describe as vanilla sprinkles because they have that one kink that they like to do right like Absolutely. they like to be like choked they like to be like choked in bed but other than that they're not doing anything else and they don't want you to like call you you know mommy or anything you know what I mean like they mm -hmm. just want to be choked while they're having sex that's their, that's their thing so that's a lot of folks um and it doesn't necessarily overlap but oftentimes it does and oftentimes that that one thing that you do in bed is the gateway kink <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That one thing leads you to some party and then you meet a bunch of other people doing other things and you go, oh, maybe I want to hang out with them. Oh, maybe I'll check out this club. Oh, maybe I'll do whatever. And the next thing you know, 
it's 10 years later and you're invested in a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. or like that one kink you have leads you down an internet rabbit hole and you're like ew who would be into that and the more you look into it the more you're like mm, maybe i'm kind of like loki into that like secretly and then 10 years later you're like performing that on the stage or teaching it or whatever so I mean, honestly, that was definitely me with needles, because in the beginning, I was like, ew, why would you do that? You're just going to poke yourself with needles. And then to, I swear, as soon as I, it's like the pipeline from ill to I have to try that is like six months. So <laughs> I was like, ew, that's weird. And then six months later, I'm doing a hook suspension. And it, it was just like extreme how quickly I had gone down the rabbit hole to oh, this yeah. is weird, I like it, to now I love so, it. My thing with that was fear play. And I was really mm. new to kink when I was in my early 20s, really new to kink. I went to a fear play class and it scared me very badly. And I remember saying to my partner at the time, like, I don't know what the fuck we just saw, but I never want to do that ever. And now I teach it. <laughs> now I teach it. I teach it now all over the place. I've I live yeah. it and I've taught it for many years. So you mm -hmm. never know that thing that you're like, oh, my God, why would anyone do that? You know. It could be you in five, 10 years. Just, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. If it is, know that that's totally normal. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> if you're someone right now wrestling with a new kink that you didn't want to have, but you have it, well, yeah. you're fine. You will be just fine. You'll find your people. <laughs> and, and if you jerk off to it like more than twice, you might end up coming back to it. Just saying, like, right. it, it may reoccur. Yeah. If you're looking at true. it on the internet more often than you care to admit, you're into it. You don't mm -hmm. have to tell anyone about it. You don't even have to act on it, but you're kind of like into it, though. Yeah. But I'll <laughs> say one of the things that's different about kinky is that kinky can also just be like a thought experiment. It doesn't have to be a thing you're doing. Like, you just like right. the, 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 the fetish or the whatever this is. But I feel like once you're in BDSM as a community or leather as a community, there's some sort of trying to stay connected, meeting people, like you're looking around, you're not just in the yes. community by yourself. And it's kind of nice. I will say that like the BDSM community being so open door and welcoming in most places is a really good place to land usually because like you walk in the door and you're just like, I am insane and weird. And like, I have this thing that is probably neurosis and I should see a therapist. And then you like walk into your first party and see five things weirder than the thing that you're in. Just like right off the bat, there's like five things happening that are so much weirder than you ever imagined people did. Yeah. And people are comfortable with it. They're laughing while they're playing. They're naked and running around and giggling and talking to each other. And they're just so comfortable that it makes you comfortable, which is really nice. So I really think that's kind of like one of the A plus things about the BDSM community. And I, I would, I guess I would say like the queer community does tend to call themselves more leather or queer kink, but really we have open parties too that are basically like the BDSM community as well. So just those first open parties that you go to, like if you're brave enough to walk in the door, you'll probably at least see some cool stuff. You might not play the first time, but you'll see some cool stuff. I think one of my first impressions for the BDSM community specifically, um, one of the things I liked is that I saw like fat people and old people and disabled mm -hmm. people and like different bodies. And I remember this total asshole came to the dungeon one time and was like, 
oh, there's all these old people in here. I remember thinking like, so you imagine this was going to be porn where only people that you personally find attractive were going to show up to this party? Like, right. get over yourself. You know, this is a public space and lots of different kinds of people enjoy it. And so I do feel like in the BDSM specifically community, I saw a really interesting range of bodies and people, even though it did feel white, like there was a lot of white folks, but yes. it didn't feel only white folks. It felt like different kinds of people were here too you know and then sometimes yeah like, sometimes in the leather community i would say it feels like there's a lot of pretty people sometimes and and so that can well, be a little annoying like pretty people would, who don't necessarily interact with everyone that's yeah so i would say the leather community can be really intimidating because leather folks are wearing like three thousand dollars worth of stuff and they're not talking to you and so if you're coming in in like jeans and a cool t-shirt that you have that's really intimidating. And like, I think one of the reasons I, as a leather person, do try to talk to people and be welcoming is because that is tough to get past if you're brand new, especially if you're a little shy, yeah. but because that is, that is absolutely the vibe that happens a lot of the time is that like, they're only talking to their friends and they're wearing like Tom of Finland head to toe leather. And you just are so intimidated. Right. And you know, I'm going to tell everyone a closely guarded secret about the leather community that they don't want you to know. I may disappear after giving you all this information. So someone uh -oh. check on me after this podcast comes out. Most leather people are total fucking nerds. They are such fucking nerds, bro. It's so hilarious. It's like, I think it's interesting because I feel like in BDSM, why I was meeting like these uh, straight masculine, like master guys or whatever, they were kind of like, we're the coolest, we're the experts. There was this air mm -hmm. of like, we're so cool. But once you get past the outfits, everyone's such a socially awkward weirdo. Literally, that's why they're not talking to you is because they're actually super socially awkward most of the time. It's true. They're it's just true. complete fucking weirdos. I count myself as part of this. So don't think I'm pointing fingers and not pointing them back at myself because I'm absolutely a weird nerd. Anyone that's talked to me for more than five minutes can tell you that much. Trust me, I'm a absolutely. weird nerd. You're definitely a nerd. I'm a nerd too, but my thing is like, I, I've i always been a talk to everybody type bitch. Like I, I have a problem. If, if I see your dog on the street, I'm gonna talk to your dog. So <laughs> I go to these events and I would talk to people and they were just like so into themselves or feeling their own anxiety that they were like creating an anxious moment that I was not creating. I'm literally just saying hello to you and you're getting freaked mm. out. Like people are, are just expecting everyone who talks to them is trying to fuck them or something. And it's very much like, no, I just like friends. What's wrong with y'all? Like y'all are weird, being weird. Yeah, it uh, is tough because it is a very sexually charged atmosphere most of the time. I would argue that the BDSM community is as well, though, if not worse, because dudes. Because dudes, correct. Literally yes. dudes. Like literally if we, if like, if there were a BDSM party that were just like handpicked dudes that were cool, it would be such a different energy, but there'd only be like five guys at the party. <laughs> yeah, but the thing too was because the BDSM community is so broad that it attracts people like from off the street more often mm -hmm. than some of these other events. So you literally exactly. just found about this at a sex store or something and then you end mm -hmm. up here and you don't have any like social skills for this kind of environment but you're here you're looking for pussy you know what i'm saying literally so, that so it's, yeah it's definitely it can different it can be tough for that's that's like the one of the tough things if you're a new person to the bdsm scene the leather scene they're not talking to you the bdsm scene they're talking to you a little too much <laughs> mm, yeah 
And I, I would also say the leather scene, like everybody still wants to play and fuck, but I feel like leather has this more like you can play without having sex vibe. Yes. You know, like we can have a great time and never fuck. But a lot of times with BDSM, I felt like some people only play before they fuck. So right. Or like they expect it. And so if you're right. someone that is trying to negotiate non-sexual play, they're like, oh, what? Yeah, there's definitely a sense of we're here to get down, aren't we? Like, what, what's the problem? And so, and I think that's because there's a lot of crossover between like swinger communities and BDSM. No shade, I was a swinger for a while, so I get it, we like to fuck. But there's just, we, we've discussed this in past podcasts that there's ways that swingers initiate versus ways that BDSM leather people initiate. And sometimes it's not the same, so. Right. Yeah, I, I really think that like, the communities are more alike than they think and they would hate to think that but it's true but they're also like they're, I, I would say the main difference the differences are asexuality because just like I said the BDSM community to me seems like it was a reaction to gay leather and not being wanted to be seen as gay so it's it's the pegging of the the queer of the kink world and I would also say like its main difference is like the leather community really values its structure in like a community level way, whereas the BDSM community values structure in a personal kind of way. So it'll be like, yeah, I agree with that. Master, I agree with that. Master X and Slave Y in the BDSM community, whereas in the leather community, Master X is called Master X all the time. And he's respected very highly because he's been here for 50 years. Yeah. And I right? think that's why when BDSM masters, go into leather spaces sometimes they're not taken seriously because leather people put more of a weight on that term whereas sometimes bdsm people it's just the title you give give to your boyfriend or the title you give to your person like that's your individual play it's not your community um role or something like that right right so yeah i would say those are like those are its main differences i would also say like if you find yourself shifting from one to the other or if you find yourself even inhabiting both worlds I spent a really long time inhabiting the leather and the BDSM world simultaneously because I did a lot of community organizing in the BDSM world I organized a lot of open parties that you know weren't just queer um, I organized you know I just I did a lot of public stuff if that makes any sense and that was fine I totally I don't regret in a single minute of that volunteering it was wonderful um, and that community organizing but a lot of it the leather community kind of like wasn't involved with and then there I, I would go and do other stuff that was, the leather community was very much involved with so it was like everything is under that umbrella like we're all using the same spaces and you know do playing with the same kinks and all this sort of thing but it did feel like a very separate world when I was in that pan BDSM community um, because it just was. And it, like, we knew each other. Like Master So-and-So from the, the gay leather scene knew the folks from the het pan scene, but they just didn't go to the same parties. Yeah, it's really true. It'd be the two different parties on the same night across town. One would mm -hmm. be BDSM, one would be leather and different folks would like pick where they, people rarely went to both, you know? You just right, like we'd all show up picks. to Folsom together but apart from big events like that, 
we just weren't in the same spaces. Like we totally had totally different conferences, for example, like mm-hmm. headband conferences. Used to, I used to be like, why does the energy feel super off? And like everybody else is having a great time because that's their energy. That's exactly what they're there for. Mm-hmm. But I'm like feeling like the energy super off. And it's because I wanted it to be a queer leather conference. And it took me a really long time to figure that out. And once yeah. I did, I could focus my money in places that made me feel that was the energy I needed, like Leather Solidarity Collector, for example, or IMSL or IML, like that's the energy I want. Whereas mm-hmm. these larger conferences that are super cool, like Sex Down South, great energy, but not my energy. Yeah, and I would say um, like in the 2010s, I started to find more kinky events that were not specifically BDSM or leather where it was just kinky people showing up. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they um, didn't have the same like community connections as like leather or BDSM people would do. They're just dating someone who heard about a party with some cool people and they all decided to go. Or like, you know, it's sort of the burning man crowd. We're all just gonna go to a camp out and have a good time. And there were queer people at some of those events too. Like, but it just wasn't the majority of people there queer. It's like y'all had a little area, the queer village or something. Right. And I also, I I feel like the longer I've been here too, there are specific events for kinks a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Like there might be like a latex fetish ball, or there Mm -hmm. might be like, um, like I said, the spanking parties that people have, Mm -hmm. or the foot parties that people have. And even though I share those fetishes, that energy is also off for me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm also not into kind of being in a room with people that are just wearing latex and nothing else is happening because like to me the energy's off like everyone looks amazing I love looking at pictures from those things I'm not gonna lie but like it's just not my energy because I want to be wearing latex and on my way to do something that's not the thing I've been to some pegging strap-on parties earlier on in my game and it was literally everybody there either you are a hole or you're wearing a strap and that was the point of the party like the the kink of strap-ons you know and so you you really wouldn't see anything else besides that there so unless I really really want to strap somebody tonight I probably wouldn't go to that party you know and so right but I could also do a strap-on event at a leather event and it's not that they don't like strap-ons there but that's less why people go there for that. Like they might do it, but it's not right. like they want a whole strap on party unless somebody is planning that, you know? Exactly. Like you'll see lots of different kinks at a BDSM or leather party, but it mm. won't be just that one singular focus. And I think, you know, a lot of folks that just have a singular focus kink, totally valid, go for it, do you. But it's going to be a weird energy for me because I'm not, like I'm not usually that like singularly focused. It's like we're just doing this one thing. We're just wearing heels and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, and like we're I wearing heels and then doing together what? And I mix all my kinks together. Like it's like mashed potatoes. <laughs> exactly, I want a little bit of this, exactly. some peas, some gravy on it. And so that's just me. Like if I can't do at least two or three of the things I like at an event, I'm probably not gonna go. And go some of those event. like stricter exactly. events, you can only really do the thing that they planned for. That's it. They don't right. have room for it. Or like there's not really what I would consider play at all. If you mm-hmm. went to a latex fetish ball, 
there might not be any actual play. It's all yeah. about how pretty we all look in the latex. If there's anything, if there's even rope that's pushing it because mm-hmm. they just don't have the space for it. They never expected anyone to actually want to like bring a flogger to the party or, you know, whatever else. Like they just literally aren't set up for that. So that's, yeah. like I said, why it's not quite my energy. Although, like I said, I think it's aesthetically gorgeous. Love looking at pictures from it, but I probably wouldn't spend my money to buy a ticket to something like that. But you know, um, but what's again, there are people though, that would and have a great time. So more power to them. I was just about to say, and I think it's for some people who maybe their life is a little more um, compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. The idea of going someplace and only doing this one thing could be really like freeing. Like I'm going to yeah. wear my sissy outfit or I'm going to put on this thing that I can't wear anywhere else because my life isn't set up where I could do that. And so for them, sometimes having these very specific focus spaces are like exactly what they want and I I, I can well, see that I respect that. and for some people that is their only kink and that's like mm-hmm. it and that's the thing that they they love like I love that kinks are so oddly specific like we were talking about this the other day how kinks get like really oddly specific I had a friend's request on Bet Life, and he had dug through all of my pictures and I have almost a thousand pictures on Bet Life because I've been there for over 10 years he had dug through all my pictures and found a picture of me um traveling in a Disney jacket that was like a satin bomber look jacket. It was just one of those little satin letterman jackets that they kind of make. And he had said, Ooh, I love that satin jacket. And his name was something like the satin jacket. He just had a (laughs) fetish for satin jackets. Like it's Mm -hmm. so oddly specific. And he scrolled like literally years back. Like he scrolled like five years back in my pictures to find this single picture of me in a satin jacket. I don't even know how I found it because, of course, it's no way tagged satin jacket. Oh my God. This man just scours that life looking for pictures of ladies in satin jackets. So that's why I'm just like, these kinks are so specific that if so you're a latex specific. fetishist or a latex doll or like your primary kink is like, I like to dress up in sissy latex clothing, that's it, period, nothing else. Don't even touch me. Just walk me around in this outfit so everyone can look at me. Then those latex balls are perfect for you. Mm-hmm. That's what exactly what it's for. It's exactly what it's for. Being um, again, yep. for me, I, I mean, I, and I, it's not that I don't love being observed in latex because that's why I wear it. But like, mm-hmm. I'm usually wanting to talk to people and like do other stuff unless it's just like a meetup type event that's quick. I'm not going to spend like $200 just be at a latex ball, generally speaking. Yeah, $200, you wish. Those outfits are hella expensive. And they're just no, 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 no. Circles. I meant for the ticket. Oh, got it. Yeah. The, the outfit, outfit definitely- after that would be another, trust me. Yeah, no. And all the, like all the cute little bar latex dresses I have would not cut it at a latex mm-hmm. ball. I know, I know. Maybe my gown, maybe. And that's like the only thing I have that would even be like enough. So these latex balls are basically fashion week. People come mm-hmm. in, like they just got a creation made and they need to walk around in it. So yes, and sometimes nice. there are performances on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so there play there are places like Torture Garden that are big festivals where there are performances on the stage, but it's also like the audience is not participating. It's mostly a fashion show for the audience, and they're looking at this performance on the stage of people that are doing rope or people that are doing this and that. So you know, these this, this is a really interesting community that is neither BDSM really nor leather. It's a totally different thing. It's the kink and fetish community. Yeah. so and like I said there's a lot of people that do multiple things there are people that are absolutely leather people that perform at torture garden or attend torture garden so don't let my 
my squeamishness at spending $200 to walk around in latex stop you. If you've got the cash and want to do that, knock it out of the park, do that. And you can, you're definitely can still be a leather person and do that. Um, I, I really don't, I really want to make sure we're not like discouraging people from any of these communities. Like it's not for me. No, absolutely a lot of these not. Things. But if you like, if your home is the BDSM community, for example, and you just have no time for the structure of the leather community, that's totally fine. And also I get it because sometimes it's really annoying. <laughs> I will say something else that I found interesting. Like when I was in the BDSM community, I was still meeting lots of queer and trans and all kinds of different people. So even though we say cishet, it wasn't like always 100% cishet. Like they still have their queer groups and things happening. And I got plenty of action because they're not necessarily seeing as many queers at their events. So if you go there, you're down. You know, you can still get down. But then I, I think when I went to like leather, queer leather events, even though I had a lot of hot play, I didn't necessarily always like get as much action because it was more about the classes and the community and, and different little, you know, meet and greets yeah. and stuff. So, you know, you could do pickup play anywhere. You could do classes anywhere, but there's just sometimes a vibe. So if you want mm -hmm. more like hot pickup play, I found that a lot easier for me in the BDSM community, but then when I wanted more like weird, intense scenes, I found that a lot easier in the leather community because I felt like there's a, a level of people will go further to extremes sometimes in leather than maybe they wouldn't do in the BDSM space because a lot of those clubs are very like, rules are really strict, things of that nature. No, I completely agree. I think so, that, like, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think we've like learned nothing at all about these different communities. And we probably talked no one into going to try one or the other. But I think it's interesting to like explore these things so that you kind of know a little more what people mean when they say I'm a leather person or what they mean when they say I'm a member of the BDSM community or what they mean mm -hmm. when they say I'm a kinky person because these things Absolutely. can all be true but like whatever they lead with as their primary identity tells you a lot about where they're coming from which direction they're coming from and that's really helpful in how you might be able to interact with that person um so yeah I think it's it's worth knowing a little more about these terms and also you might disagree with us if you do definitely let us know we would love to hear your your oh, other I love on it, it. Yes, Seriously. I love a feisty argument on the internet. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, honestly, wow. these are our I wasn't coming at it from that angle where we're boxing our, our listeners, but you know. I, I mean, guess we Jackie's, are me mommies. Jackie chooses violence every day. I choose every violence on days time. ending and why. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, oh. See, so. I don't know. Do you, do you have anything that you need to add? Because this pot roast is smelling really good. I know. I'm really looking at, oh, okay. So the, the last thing that I was just going to say is definitely, you know, take your time to look through all these communities. You're going to find people you like in each one. I have some kinky friends, some leather friends, some BDSM friends. And even if we're not doing things the same way, we're having a great time together. So I encourage everyone to kind of check them all out and come mm -hmm. to your own conclusions. And yeah. I could be completely wrong. These are just my impressions from the people that I've met and, and the experiences that I've had, but there could be somebody else who's like, no, I've been this and I love this or, or whatever, you know? So it's not right. 
I'm not trying to convince you to my side. I'm just mm-hmm. crotchety and mean. But um, ultimately, I feel like I'm still all three somehow. Like yeah. I'm still a BDSMer. I'm still a kinky fucker. I'm still a leather person. You know, and I think for me, leather was really hard to get into in the beginning because I didn't quite understand it outside of a fetish. Um, mm-hmm. But now, if I had to describe leather, I would say there's this sense of history with it that I think mm-hmm. the other communities may not have. And that, not you don't have history, but right. there's a sense of the continuous nature of history. You're a part of a lineage, so to speak. And that yes. always appealed to me about leather that, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not the only person who does this. I'm not a one-off weirdo. I'm actually a part of a long line of people who do this weird thing. And I'm just the newest addition, you know? So I really resonated with that. But at the same time, there were times where leather felt like too much pressure. And so Mm -hmm. me just being a kinky fucker was like a freedom where I didn't have to be a part of anything. I could just be doing my own thing. Or BDSM was like me just meeting friends and doing things and having parties. And it didn't have to be a part of any sort of political um, conversation necessarily. We just are weird and get down. So they all give you something different at different times, just like they can all be problematic and weird at different times as well, too. So Mm -hmm. explore them both, take what you need. Yeah, I think take what you need. If you have natural shifts in time where you go toward more community, one community more than the other, that's totally normal. Um, If you inhabit all three at different times and, you know, don't really mix them, that's also relatively normal. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I think like, I would say I've shifted a little away from the BDSM community, not because they're bad people. They're just not, again, my energy and they're not my vibe. Mm. But I, I too agree with you. When I first got to the scene, I was definitely in the BDSM community because they had an open door and mm. leather kind of didn't. And it's not that leather folks don't welcome you, but it's really tough to get into the leather scene if you don't fit into their traditional model of what a leather person is. Mm-hmm. And that was what I ran into because you know anyone that's ever met me knows I'm the pink one in the dungeon and I just really (laughs) did not fit in to the all black leather party and so it took literally 20 years of me showing up and just being my authentic self for people to finally be like I guess she's pink and we're stuck with her and I'm like you sure Mm -hmm. are Um, (laughs) absolutely so now they know me and they expect me to look the way that I do but when I first got there no one took me any type seriously in the leather community and wouldn't talk to me but the BDSM community was like wow I love your outfit people are wearing all kinds of different things so you know what do what works for you in the time you know there's not a reason for you to grow in or out of one thing or another do what's working for you um always always my always my vibe always my jam do what works for you make yourself happy make sure you're not hurting Mm -hmm. anyone else and you're doing it right so but yeah I I will say for the brown people BDSM was a little easier for me versus leather mm -hmm. and kink like for black and brown folks organizing as in the BDSM community felt like I could cast a wider net and get more people in but organizing well, but that's changing is that changing. is changing i will definitely say that that is one thing the leather community has been working very hard on mm-hmm. because they are well aware that they were the whitest game in town for a long fucking time mm-hmm. and they didn't have hardly any poc events except for men of onyx and that was pretty much it mm-hmm. and now there are groups 
all over the place. Like again, Leather Solidarity, there's all kinds of local groups, which is super cool. There's Onyx and Onyx Pearls, there's Latinos mm-hmm. in Leather. You know, there's just a bunch of different groups that have sprung up over the last five to 10 years that are really POC focused. And then the bigger events are making a concerted effort to have, make sure POC feel welcomed, invited, have programming and content specifically for them. So it is certainly starting to shift. It takes a really long time because leather has a lot of old people in it and they don't want mm-hmm. to change, but it is happening whether they like it or not. And it's been, I, they've definitely worked hard and they were working hard before it became cool in 2020. Yeah, but they were. it just takes, it just takes a little longer because again, lots of structure, lots of bureaucracy, but they, I've seen concerted efforts from places that were not making an effort when I came in mm-hmm. 20 years ago. And so, I want to take I, this time to pat us both on the back because literally you and I we're taking our black asses out there and hosting events in all of these communities, specifically mm-hmm. trying to bring people in. And that's something that more folks can do, should do. But I know that you and I were doing a lot of heavy lifting that people don't even understand. So right. part of the reason it's changing is because we gave a fuck. Just saying. <laughs> Literally that. Literally yeah. because people showed up over and over again and demanded mm-hmm. a space. And back then it was like, oh, you want a space, make one. And so mm-hmm. we did. And so then when they realized that like, oh, there's this whole separate space starting, then they started mm-hmm. being like, oh, we should have a space at our conference too, huh? So, Absolutely. you know, it, it's not to give you all the same message of, oh, you want a space, make one. But if you are asking a group to give you space, give them ideas, uh, offer to volunteer, offer to help them set up the space that you want. Don't just say like, there should be a space for this. And then just like, walk away from that like they are yeah. going to need your help if they didn't have that space before yeah and if so, you want this space you are going to have to show up not just message people on the internet and ask about it and ask 50,000 not just about repost it. it on repost it on facebook and instagram mm-hmm. super helpful but also you have to come and you have to show up exactly or in so, on zoom or whatever it is yeah so honestly until you can show up somehow physically then like the people who do show up get to decide how the space looks you can't literally that that from your home if you want a space that looks the way you want it to you you make Mm. space that's just how that's always worked on that cheerful note i both (laughs) smell roast beef with all the trimmings in my slow cooker and apple pie so i am gonna go make a spinach salad and we are going to have roast beef, carrots, potatoes, um, onions, spinach salad on the side, and apple pie. So you can all be jealous of us forever. Because and all of the Halloween food. candy that, <laughs> yes, that is left. all the Halloween candy in the world. So that's pretty much what we're going to go do. It's a real sexy evening. Mm-hmm. So because this roast beef is a badass. All right, let's get out of here. Bye, losers. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.